Welcome to Hindsight Hacking. I'm Corey Carter. And I'm Ron Cool, and you are listening to Hindsight Hacking, where we have talked to hundreds of entrepreneurs hacking their hindsight to give you clearer foresight. And now, as we still bring you the same great, amazing interviews each and every week, we are adding bits and pieces to serve you in such a great way. These bits and pieces are some mindset hacks, visibility hacks, traffic hacks, and more on the daily hacks. So we want to make sure that you have all the tools and all the resources that you need to gain more visibility and gain more traffic. And obviously, to get more sales. So head over to gethhhm.com forward slash toolbox to grab your free resources to get the help you need to get more. And if you're interested, after you collect all those freebies, because they're amazing, hit the link in the show notes and jump on our calendar because we definitely want to help you. Guys, we absolutely love the community that we've created with your guys' help, and we love all the hindsight hackers. So jump on in and get on our calendar. So... Without further ado, what do you say? Let's get to it. All right, everybody. Welcome back to Hindsight Hacking. And today's episode, we have a, a very clever guest, uh, the owner of Clever Profits, Mr. Adam Rundle. So Adam, he has a man, he's a management accountant, former law firm CFO, originally from South Africa, but moved to the US five years ago. And now he's helping online entrepreneurs that want to grow and scale their businesses. And we get to talk a little bit about fractional CFO, which uh, I definitely know Ron and I, we wanted to chat about. Uh, but, you know, this is going to be a fun conversation because, uh, you know, I don't know if I'm getting lost in your your bio or not, because I'm reading, because I hate reading, I'm never going to read. Uh, so Adam, let's just get into it. Who are you? What's going on? How are you? And uh, thanks for being here. Corey, Ron, thanks for having me, guys. Really appreciate it. <clears throat> um, yeah, you pretty much hit most of that on the head. You know, that's what it was. That's who it is. That's what it is. Um, I originally from South Africa. Uh, now live in the States, just outside Washington, D.C., Annapolis, Maryland. Um, and I was very fortunate to meet a guy named Brian Nguyen, who's my business partner. He was a tax tax guy and we came together and I had a business before that doing the same thing I do now but just smaller and just me and some other people and Brian and I came together and we started Clever Profits and it's been a pretty wild journey over the last couple of years and uh, we are I would say on the cusp of building a proper business I think we have probably have about 30 people working for us at the moment and I think quite a few clients I don't know how many exactly 300 odd or something um, and it's just fun. We've having having a ton of fun doing that. And uh, the offer, what we do is help people just with finances, you know, help them fractional CFO, as well as just standard accounting and bookkeeping and tax and kind of all the other nuts and bolts. And um, I think our value proposition is we, we, we work in a pretty niche environment. You know, we only work with online service-based entrepreneurs, either digital marketing agencies or of the sort or coaches and consultants. Um, I think we've built some pretty cool frameworks and foundations and, and financial models around that, which yeah, I think we understand the world better than some of our clients do, and they're in the world, um, just because we've leveraged knowledge from others. Um, and yeah, it's fun. It's been a lot of fun. Love it. Love it. Okay. So I know we're probably going to get into all the stuff you do. Did you take the pictures behind you? I or didn't, that actually. That is, okay. a friend of my mother-in-law actually took those pictures. They're beautiful. Uh, they are real. 
pictures in the Kruger National Park in South Africa. So That's yeah. what I was going to ask. I was like, if they're like, since you're from South Africa, like, is that? Yeah, pretty authentic. There's a zebra, there's a leopard, is what you can see. And then above that is a, there's an elephant and a piping picture. So, oh my gosh, how cool is that? Like, cool things, yeah. That is cool. I have so many questions just around South Africa, but and you're welcome to Austin. We don't <laughs> finances. Finances are boring. Let's talk about South Africa and leadership and I don't know. Yeah, yeah, no, no. We'll talk about everything because <clears throat> that's what we do on the show. We just talk about whatever whatever. Um, all right. So I think on a side note, I'm gonna interrupt you, Ron. On a side note, I think you're our third person on the show that's from South Africa. So wow. I know I've never asked, I've never asked. So I'm going to ask. Okay. Yeah. So in my mind, like, I know it can't be this way, but are there just wild animals? Like, uh, like no. I'm at my house right now no, and deer will come over. Like I had a deer on my porch. Right. And there's been mountain lions around. Like, is there elephants and tigers? And well, I mean, not walking in the street. No. Um, I mean, pretty easy accessible to go find them if you want to, but um, pretty, you know, yes, South Africa is a third world country just because it's one, it's in Africa and I think most of Africa is pretty third world. And, um, but yeah, if you went to the city of Cape Town, probably one of the most beautiful cities in the world and you would not be worried about a lion walking up to you. It's, it's a metropolitan. It's amazing. It's beautiful. It's got everything. Yeah. I, I had to ask. I'm sorry. Yeah. No problem. <laughs> All right. So, so let's, let's circle back now that we've derailed the conversation a little bit and, uh, and, and let's talk clever profits. Let's talk about your mission uh, a little bit. And, uh, and I love that you already talked about who you help uh, you know, the fact that you have that so ironclad and obviously I'm sure there's some gray area, but like, it's without, like, you just know, you guys know exactly who you're serving. And so many people can't ever get off the ground because they can't figure out who they serve, right? Like that's such a need. And I know Ron and I struggled with it for so long when we first started. And that's kind of why it's a hot point for me when somebody's just talking about it just in their introduction. But yeah, tell us about the mission. Tell us about Clever Profits uh, in detail there. Yeah. So, you know, we finances are not everyone's strong suit we know that i actually don't particularly like finances myself i was just stupid enough to study it um and you know it's it's a relatively boring topic it's kind of like it's do you really want to get to know all the nitty-gritty like no um and especially if you're a ceo and you're trying to lead a business you just need what you need you know you need to know you need to know what you need to know in order to make decisions you don't become an expert at it <clears throat> and so our value proposition is, well, you don't have to, you don't have to go and study to become a CPA and learn the tax code or learn how all these financial models work and how to do cash flow. We can help you do that. You know, you stay in your zone of genius and you lead, <clears throat> you be the visionary of your business. You, you do the things that matter and let us help you, you know, make sense of the numbers and, and guide you along the way of, of the financial clarity you need. Um, very much so centered around strategy. We, we're not a, we yes, by nature, we're an accounting firm. We offer all the accounting things that accounting firms offer because we've got big enough to do that. But our value proposition is strategy by far and away. The most important thing for us is if you're looking for someone to count your money and be a bookkeeper, please don't come to us. Um, you'll find much cheaper people out there to go and do bookkeeping for you. Um, we're not trying to be bookkeepers. We're not trying to be bean counters. 
we're trying to be CFOs, we're trying to sit next to you and help you, you know, actually make decisions, understand the numbers, make sense of them, run forecasts, run scenario planning, and, and make tangible decisions that are going to move your business forward. <clears throat> That's what we do. Um, that costs a lot more money than a bookkeeper smashing the keyboard in QuickBooks. So don't be surprised when you pick up the phone and it costs more money than the 220 bucks you pay someone once a month to run your QuickBooks account because it's not who we are. <clears throat> it's not what we're trying to do. We're trying to help you make decisions. And if you want to make better decisions, you need to better understand your finances because if you don't, you're probably not going to make the best decisions you can make. I love that. And, and Corey's 100% right. I remember when we were trying to figure out who we wanted to serve, I was like, why would we niche it down so much that we would leave out like 90% of the world, right? Like, but the second we did, like it blew up and we got so busy, right? Um, and, and what I love in everything you just said was, you know who you want to serve, you know who you are, and, and you're very confident in that. So that attracts your ideal person that you want to work with, right? 100%. And the other thing is that you said, and I'm giving my takeaways. I don't know what I'm doing right now, but this is fine. <laughs> um, you don't have to be an expert in everything, right? And, and I love that because that's our whole, our whole mantra ourselves. because let us help you by you just go doing you and we'll handle the minutia of podcasting stuff, right? Yeah. Um, and, and so I, I resonate with you 100% on what you're doing on that. How long, and since you have a business partner and I have a business partner, did your business partner have the same viewpoint as you yeah, when you started this? <clears throat> so, we, so I was running <clears throat> a company called ABR Consulting, was my original company. And Brian had a company called Clever Taxes. We stole his branding cleverly. Um, and you know, we, we ended up meeting each other and, and working, you know, working together on some clients and realized very quickly, like, hey, hey man, like I need you more than you and you need me. Like we need each other here. And what we can offer our clients is something so much more if we were just doing this separately. And so we agreed pretty quickly, like, hey, we know that this is, needs to happen. We need to do this. And and from then it, that's that was the real explosion of clever profits was like as one coming together and then saying like, okay, well, this is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to do it. We, if we, if we stay narrow, we can, we can manage the whole thing. So I, I can tell you now, and I'm not saying this to be sound arrogant or anything, but you, you bring me a group coaching model. I'll probably understand how it works better than you do. And it's your business because I've seen 200 of them. Right in 200 different iterations in some way or form and how they're trying to work and what the ratio should be and who they're employing and why they're employing them and what they're doing. I've just seen it all. <clears throat> and so that's the actual value, value proposition is because we're so niche, we know enough about this space. I don't, I have no interest in some of those other industries out there. No interest at all. Like I have zero interest in some of them. So I'm not going to be able to help you figure that model out because I don't even care about it. But I do care about this one. And I know it pretty well. And, and the fun part now is we're starting to branch out. So we were very narrow because of me. And now we've got, you know, six different account managers and we're doing e-commerce now. We're doing SaaS companies because we found some experts in those fields and brought them in and applied our methodology and, you know, reframed a little bit. And, and that's our vision is, yes, we can eventually maybe serve everyone, but we're going to serve them in niche ways. You know, we're going we're gonna to get that right before we just, I can't serve everyone. I can only serve a small amount. So I'm going to get a whole bunch of small ones of me. Now maybe we can serve everyone. 
Yeah, absolutely. Get get the who's, get the other people with you that are the experts. And uh, like, for example, Ron and I, our, our company, we will do Facebook ads for people. Ron and I, we barely can look at the numbers on a Facebook ad and tell you if, tell you if it works or not. Like we have the expert that runs it, that sets it up, that gives us the data. And, you know, we know enough that to understand his data he's given us. Right. And, and so, but that's not our strength, but our company is able to do it because we've got the expert in it. And, and so, you know, that's definitely, definitely the way to go. And, uh, and so speaking of, of that, I mean, if you know, these 200 coaching business clients and, and you know, their, their, their benefits and the good things that they're doing and the opportunities that many of them are facing, you know, what's, what's kind of the tip for those online businesses that, yeah, totally uh, that you can share? Question. You what? stole my question. You stole my question. That was literally, that was my question right there. Yeah. Jeez. So I'm better Rude. since I went first, but uh, <laughs> Rude. Um, Rude. yeah. Okay. So, so, so I want to start by saying this is one, I get asked this question pretty often, like which business model should I run? No, which one should I do? Is, is a done with you group coaching model better than, you know, done for you agency or whatever it is? I always get asked that question. And my answer has been the same for as long as I can remember. Because that's the stupidest question you could possibly ask. Because they all work. Every single business model works. That's why they exist. You can be a dentist and make money. You can be build skyscrapers and make money. You can be a digital marketing agency and make money. They all work. What matters is, are you prepared to do the work that it takes to make it work? And the only time you're going to do the work that it takes is if you actually want to do it. Okay. Human beings are lazy, whether we like it or not. Path of least resistance is our best friend. So we're not going to do a ton of stuff we don't want to do. So don't go find, don't go think like, oh, that's the business model I must do. I would far rather go like, what do I want to do? Guaranteed of what you want to do there is a business model that works and go and do that. And you'll wake up every day inspired and you'll kind of want to do it. Okay, so that's the that's the the airy fairy part of the answer. So now the tangible part of the answer is this. We use two frameworks to help people. We use a framework called the perfect PNL, which is the framework that we developed here. And the perfect PNL is the perfect profit and loss model. Like your, your business at any point in time, if you the business model essentially, you can run the perfect profit and loss. Your business can operate in perfect functionality whatever you want to call it whether you ever get there or not is irrelevant but there is a there is a way to project that you can you can look at it and say well that if it was everything was perfect this is what it would look like um and then the cash flow analysis tool that we use and we we combine them with what we call the golden ratio and the golden ratio is the heartbeat of your business <clears throat> and my view and this is this is the easiest takeaway i can give if you work in any of the spaces that i've mentioned done for you like done for you services online or consultant to coach, influencer, membership sites, stuff like that. The heartbeat of your business must try and be around 55% of your revenue. So the heartbeat of your business, 55% of your revenue, all the other SH1T that just happens to be around, rent, software, insurance, utilities, merchant fees, the shit that doesn't pay any, doesn't move your business forward. You just need it to survive. I'm not saying it's not important. You need it to survive, but it's not going to make you more money. That is around 15%, and that will get you to a 30% pre-tax profit margin. That is a pretty good darn business right there. You can go on Facebook, and people will tell you they're making 60, 70, 80, 90% profit margins. They're all lying to you, and they're lying 
Not because they may be right, but <clears throat> the way they're measuring it is different to the way we measure it. When we measure that 55%, when we measure that, that heartbeat, which I'm gonna get to in a moment, that includes how much you pay yourself. Not how much you tell the IRS you pay yourself, not the two grand you pay yourself a month to keep the IRS happy, what you should be paying yourself. So if you believe you should be earning 150 grand a year, that's, that amount's in there. So don't give me your profit margin off without factoring in yourself. That's like giving me a car and taking out the engine and saying, I go drive it. It's undrivable. I don't want the car, okay? I want the business that's got you in it, okay? So that's 150K, put that number in and then give me your profit margin. Then we can talk about who's got better profitability on, this, on the block. And the heartbeat are two things and two very simple, no, simple, but two things, client acquisition and fulfillment. That's the only two things that drive any business forward. Getting more people to pay you money and delivering a great product so that the same people keep paying you money or you can offer them some of the other stuff so they can pay you more. Client acquisition for fulfillment. <clears throat> the ability to attract clients and the team of people that you employ in order to deliver. That is the heartbeat. <clears throat> when I say team of people, that includes you. If you're a business owner and you're working, you're part of the heartbeat, buddy. You can't exclude yourself. That's about 55%. There is a different, now the different business models, you can break up that 55 in different ways. So you can go like, okay, if you're a done for you digital marketing agency, you're going to spend a lot more money on people, a lot less money on client acquisition. So the bulk of that ratio is going to be pe people like 45 percentage and about 10% client acquisition. On the other end of the scale, if you're like a membership site or a low ticket subscription, $97 product, whatever it is, you're going to spend 35, 40, 45% of your money on client acquisition, which is a pure volume game, and only 20, 15, 10% on your team because you don't need a lot of people in your customer support person and yourself and your VA. Okay. And so that 55% ratio kind of differs across the business models. But the, the takeaway is simple measure that every single week, month, whenever you're measuring your finances. And if you're not measuring them every week or month, you're probably losing out. Measure those two things and work out what percentage of revenue are those. If they are more than 55%, you need some work to do. If they are less than 55%, you're probably losing out. You probably have the ability to spend more money to make more money. That is the heartbeat of every business that we work. Love it. Love it. Okay. So I'm going to ask the same question different. Maybe. Maybe. Mm -hmm. Okay. So... <clears throat> You, you have a luxury that not a lot of people have, which is the knowledge of all these, all these, you know, businesses. Is there a common mistake that you see people making that is repeatable because they just don't know? Um, <clears throat> I think the common, I think the biggest mistake people make is undervaluing the the need of, of, a, of, a, of a team of people to work with you. And I'm going to go further than the team of people is, is the team of people that sit with you, like the leadership style. I think that's the biggest mistake people make is they, <clears throat> they undervalue the importance of that. Um, people make a lot of mistakes like spending too much money in stupid places, but that's right. like, that's like that's like a hit or miss. Like everyone's a little bit different. So right. I would say to answer your question, the 
the biggest mistake that I see, the biggest mistake people are making out there that we know of is, is undervaluing one people and the importance of them and the leadership team that you're trying to create. The, pe the people who you're listening to and how important they are and, 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 and why you're listening to them and what, they, what they're adding and how you're using that. That is, and unfortunately, I, I have to say that because there is a lot of noise in the online space. It's a ton of noise. Like you can, and I'm, I must be careful what I say because some of the noise of some of the people that are my clients. And so there's like, there's a ton of noise out there. You know, everyone's a guru. Everyone knows what's going on. And I'm, I don't disvalue that. I'm not saying people aren't. I'm not saying people aren't. There's a big difference between being an expert in a topic or being an advisor. Those are very different things. I don't understand marketing at all. I only deal with marketing-based businesses. So I have, I would say I have a higher than average knowledge of how marketing in this industry works, but I have zero interest in it. Don't ask me to run a Facebook ad. Don't ask me to do any, I have no interest in that. So please don't take any marketing advice. But please do take marketing advice as it pertains to the rest of your business. As in, what kind of budget should you be spending? What is a good number? What isn't a good number? What are some of the avenues you could, you could try at different costs and stuff like that? Take that advice because that is a broad thing. And I'm pretty good at that because I've seen that. But don't ask me to run a Facebook ad. But what you see out there is you find people who are Facebook ad experts telling people how to run a business. Right. And I'm going, hey, my man, like, and I ask some, I, I say this to everyone, to a lot of people I work with. If you want to ascertain whether you want to take someone's advice or not, not, not guidance around marketing, advice, general advice, like on any topic. There's one question that you have to ask yourself first. Am I willing and prepared to share absolutely everything with this person? Everything. Every number, every thought, every relational issue, everything. If I'm prepared to do that, then I'll take the advice on, on everything. And we're fortunate is, just by getting into their finances, we jump about seven steps. So we get pretty close to shared everything. So right. by the time I get on a call with a client, they've kind of already looked it up their dress and they've shown us <laughs> pretty much most, most of everything. There's some, not everything because there's relational things that you've got to ask. You, you'll be surprised how easy those questions are once you've seen under the dress. You can kind of ask them anything and they're like, oh, well, I'll answer it because they feel like you know everything already. Right. And so your ability to then be an advisor is greater. Not because I'm cleverer, just because I know I have more information. I can do a better job than you can if you only know if their Facebook ad has a three-to-one return. You can only help them with the three-to-one return. Don't talk to them about who they should employ in the performance side of their business. Right, right. <clears throat> and that's, and so to go back, it's like undervaluing that. It's like, there's so much importance to that, both positive and negative. Like you want the right type of advice, but you also got to protect yourself from the wrong type of advice. And I don't, people don't put enough value on them. And, they, and you, people spend a ton of money out there on masterminds, on all these different things. They spend all this money. And I go, what are you paying for? Like, are you getting what you're paying for? Like, do you even know what you're paying for? Like, you've got you've to like, you've you've know that. And that people underestimate that impact, both financially, you as a person, your leadership ability, the... They, that impact is, is huge in our mind. So true. Yeah, so, so, so true. Um, you know, one question I wanted to ask you about 
employees, about people on the team, and when is the right time to bring them? And, and to just tell a story, Ron and I, we were at this point where, and, and our agency is a lot of done for you stuff, right? So from podcast editing, graphics, video editing, website building, all this stuff that was done for you that we're doing ourselves. And and we had, you know, an influx of business that we we're taking on, but, you know, that obviously added the, the twice as many hours to our workday, right? And and then we started trying to find people at the, through this time and started trying to interview people as, as we're already like behind on everything. And then we stopped doing sales calls because we're just in fulfillment, right? Uh, and so we got in that point where we hired people a little bit too late. Uh, you know, luckily now we've got a great team and and we're, we're uh, you know, able to actually do the things we're supposed to do for the business to keep on growing. But what's your take on that through all those businesses you've been seeing? Like, is that a common theme where people hire too late or is it more the opposite where people are hiring too early? Yeah, I would say, I would say you would, I think you, sh you should want to hire later in the beginning. I think that's a healthier way to go because it becomes too theoretical then. You're becoming like, well, well, I think I need help, but I don't really know what. So then you, you, you're finding generalists, you're finding people who you think could potentially help you as opposed to people you know who can help you. So I would say there's a, and I've actually never thought about this in this way. So I'm not going to verbally process my answer on here. So hopefully that goes well. Um, I would say when you start hiring, rather be late than early. But when you establish, you got to get in. And if you're late, you're screwed. And, and I'm not even talking, I'm talking both personal experience. We're like 30 odd people that we employ in our business right now. And we were very late on employing people and that was tough. And now we're well ahead. We're like, we, we actually, our 55% our in our business is a lot higher than that. So we're the profit people and we don't run at a great profit margin right now because we've just way over hired people. So we're like, we're probably like six, seven months ahead on our hiring cycle, but we want to be there because we believe that's where we should be. But if we did that initially, I think we would have led, that would, it would have been too scary. We would have not had enough cash in the bank to survive that, that phase. We would have become desperate and thought to take anyone and anyone with the heartbeats. And I think we would have gone down the wrong path. And so my answer is, go rather be too late initially and do more yourself and really get some clarity of what you want and what you need. But there's going to come a time when you want to flip that and you want to start getting early. And, I, and, I, and if, you know, let's make it a little bit more tangible. I would say like, um, <clears throat> you know, contract support's great. Like you can get as much contract support as you want. I don't really care about that. Contract support is defined, period of time, outcome driven, you can pull the plug tomorrow. If you want to hire someone, you're going to the next level of your dating life. Like this is going to, this is going to stick around for a little bit, okay? So go longer contracts. And, and what I often say to people is, hey, if you, find, if you find someone who you think could be a great employee, say to them, hey, give me 90 days as a contractor. I'll pay you maybe you know, pay them a little bit more if you want to. And just say like, my vision is for you to be full-time with me. But my business isn't, Walmart, I can't just employ people left, right, and center. Like I've got to be very careful with who I employ. So I would love this period to like figure that piece out. 
And if the person turned around and said, screw you, you go, well, thank the Lord, I avoided that bullet and didn't employ the person. Okay, so it's a win-win on both sides. Um, so that's how I would start out. Don't be afraid to do more. Take your time on hiring. Um, let the pressure sit. You also don't want to, you don't want to optimize for something that's not moving. So you want to be, when you hire in the thick of it, you, you're going to, you're going to know what you want more. You're probably going to train more robustly. It's, it's probably going to happen a little bit quicker, which is a good thing. But then probably 150, 200K months, more than three or four people. Like when you've got maybe five, six, seven people full time, we want to start shifting the gears to being a little bit more productive. Hey, let's, we now have an established business. We've had months and months of data. We kind of know what next month is going to look like in the month after that. Shouldn't be no surprises. We can get ahead of the hiring pool. So true. So true. And and it's it also goes back to that dating thing that you were saying, because you know, we we had a couple people that did not work out and we pulled the trigger pretty quickly. Um, but it's also like for us, we not only want to work with certain clients, we know who we don't want to work with. Uh, and we surround ourselves with the clients we want to work with, and we want to do that with the same with our employees. Probably more important with the your people, your people. Yeah, it's more important with your people than your clients. I can say that right. Exactly, and and so we've we've been blessed to have the right people that is helping the workload, if you will. And and and, and I'll build on that as well. Is people have asked me like, should you hire friends, people you know? How do you think about that? Okay, what do you think, Ron? No. No hiring friends. <laughs> no. I Corey's it. <laughs> yeah, I disagree with this guy. My entire business. All the twenty-five of the thirty people that are employed here are are within at least one or two friend branches from other people. <clears throat> I believe we, we in take it. we take here's the deal. Let me let me rephrase my answer. We would take a friend if they were the expertise in okay. what they do. Great. I okay, good. You know, I'm I'm all for, for people you know. Yeah. So if you're gonna hire someone, especially the first few people you hire, I would say hire people you know and like and want to be with more so than the expertise you need. And especially in the beginning, because you one don't really know what you need, you're still trying to figure it out, you don't know all the, the holes. Would you want people you can relate with to do that? When you get on the head of the hiring curve eventually, then we can go more expertise driven because we actually know what we want. I'm all for hiring people you know. I'm all for hiring friends. If you just do it properly and you figure out the way to do it, and there's a lot of protection mechanisms. Because my view is like, it's more important to work with people you want to work with than your clients you want to work with. So make that the most important thing. Create an environment of where you just want to be in. And it's so easy to create that with your friends because that environment's already been created. Now, I'm not saying be silly and only go find your friends. But, yeah. you know, if you have a friend, like I, whenever someone says to me, hey, I'm looking to employ, especially important roles, like COO, I'm looking for an operations manager, I'm looking for a director of fulfillment, I'm looking for people like that. The first question I'll call them is, well, well who do you know? Other people you know, who do you think would be a good fit? Oh, well, you know, well, start with them because that just makes life so much easier. Like, if you find a quality human being who shares the same values as you and wants to help you build your business, why would you say no? Right. Isn't that like the best, the best thing you can do? Are you going to go find a random that you met on Facebook? 
to trust with your business? Like, come on, you know? <clears throat> so I always ask that question first. And I, I don't fundamentally believe if you can hire from within, especially smaller businesses, do so. That may change when you, you know, making five, six, seven, eight million dollars a year and things are moving a little bit faster. You go, hey, well, I need different level here. That's fine. You know, different iteration of your business, different things are going to happen. But don't be afraid to start with people you know and trust. Eh? And hey, you may get burnt, right. but that's, there's no reason why you wouldn't get burnt with a rando. True yeah. statement. I mean, like, just because they're your friend doesn't mean they're more inclined to screw you. They're probably less inclined to screw you. So, like, you're like, come on. Right. Yeah. One, our main first hire didn't work out, but they got us the they got us the one that has like helped us get the next ten people. They got us yeah. the one that that helped us uh, and is you know that main leader. And so, so, so it, it didn't so, work so out or did work out. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, was, I, look at the it. best thing she the best thing that person did was leave and find us this person. That was yeah. Good. And was that valuable? <laughs> yes. So maybe it was all meant to be. Yes. All right, uh, so hindsight hacking, we always need to ask a little bit about hindsight. And uh, so with the knowledge that you have today, hindsight being 2020, what's, uh, if you could go back, give yourself a little bit of advice, what, what advice would you give? And maybe that the advice can center around as you began Clever Profits with a business partner, uh, you know, what kind of advice would you give? Are we going to go further back than that? Because I think by the time I got to the Clever Profits with Brian, this part was already done, but it took me four years to get there, <clears throat> three years to get there. Okay. You need to find a way for people to pay you money. And that's it. Stop thinking about everything else. Stop thinking about how fancy your report's going to look. Stop thinking about what's the best software to use. Stop thinking about how much time in the day you have to fulfill. Stop thinking about, stop thinking about all of it. Find people who will pay you money. And get to a point where you have enough of those, they will fund you figuring all that other SH1 out. I spent the first two and a half years of my life spending 80% of my time trying to build a business that didn't have clients. And only 20% of my time trying to find clients. It should be 95% finding clients, 5% building the business. Why? <clears throat> Not because the business is important, but what are you, what am I building? The funny thing is, I spent 80% of my time changing what I was building because every time I got a new client, I changed what I built because I realized I wasn't going to work for that client. Right. So I should have just found a way to get more clients and done slower on the building and just built what I needed when I needed it. So true. That's my so view. true. So true. And I get a lot of calls with people. People making less than 30, 40, 50K a month. They come on and they're saying, hey, I'm thinking about, I need an ops manager. I need to figure out my fulfillment list. And I go, those are not constraints. Mm -hmm. Those are constraints in your brain. You think they're holding you back. They don't, they're not. The thing that's holding you back is more people to pay you money. What? that's the focus. And, and it's, it should probably always be the top three constraints in your business is more people pay you money. But then there'll be some cycles where you go, like, okay, it's kind of working now. Now this ops thing is like, like fundamentally important. Like without it, we're screwed, screwed. Right. I, I think I'm screwed. Like we're screwed, screwed. Then go solve it. Then go do it. Then go find the person. You've got a whole bunch of money in the bank. Life's easy. Go do that. But don't go solve something because you think you may need to solve it at some future point in time. Who knows when it's going to happen. 
So true. So true. We, we have, we talk to our clients about something very similar. They're like, okay, I want to build this, this, and this, and this, and this. And we're like, have you sold any of it? <laughs> right. And they're like, no, I go, then don't, don't pay us to build it. If you haven't sold it, I go, go, go sell it. And <clears throat> no, we'll be there for you. But the worst thing that can happen is you sell one. Cause if you, you sell one, now you have to do it. Yeah. And Hey, if you can't, you know, there's this thing called the refund button. <laughs> right, right. And you just go, Hey, sorry, buddy. It didn't work out. Yes. Yeah. Your money back. Yeah, exactly. It's not illegal in the world. It's pretty no. legal. It's so much easier to hit the refund button than it is to go find more clients. So exactly. rather go and find a bunch of clients and and hey, and if <clears throat> no one wakes up in the morning and goes, okay, what can I do today to screw everything up? Right. <laughs> we'll wake up in the morning going, like, yeah, I want to do the best. So right. you wake up in the morning and you've got 10 people who have pinched your money. You're going to work your asshole yep. to deliver. Yep. And you may be the one in a billion douchebag that's not going to do that screw you you'll be found out and everyone knows you are eventually but right. if you're any decent human being with any decent moral fiber you're going to wake up and go like oh shit i got some work to do i better go figure out right. what i'm looking for right exactly I'm a pretty good job so yep. what are you worried about yep yep exactly exactly and when you build it as they if you have people in front of you and you build it with them then they get answer the questions like you don't have to think of the questions that they're they might or might not answer like they're they answer the questions as you go through it. So just build it with them, get 100%. the clients, get them to pay you money. But all right, Adam, I have a really important question now. Uh, we've gotten this far in the interview and we haven't talked about it at all. But let's talk about rugby. Yes. You're, you're a rugby coach. I assume you've played oh, rugby. Guys, it's only 40 minutes in. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us, you know, what's your, what's your rugby experience? And, yeah, actually... Uh, I actually wanted to be a professional rugby coach long before I wanted to do anything else in my life. And I spent way more money, time, effort, energy, and everything learning to become a professional rugby coach. Um, <clears throat> wanting to do that, learning to that be my life. And eventually my wife and I moved to the States just because it was an opportunity we couldn't pass up and realized that I should maybe run a business as opposed to coach rugby. Um, but I will say this though, I, I love coaching rugby. I love coaching. I love the sport. I, you know, I just love all that stuff. And I currently coach at the Naval Academy, United States Naval Academy, which is in a South African to learn about the military world like that has been awesome. Just like talk about top quality human beings and like seeing these young men and what they're doing. It's pretty incredible. Um, <clears throat> but I would say rugby has taught me the most about business than anything else. Um, and in particular, I spent uh, six weeks in New Zealand. Uh, in 2014 with the best rugby team in the world, probably without a doubt, the, the Crusaders, which the best rugby team in the world started out as the New Zealand rugby team, even though the South Africans won the last of the Cups and claimed that. But this, the New Zealand rugby team is the best rugby team in the world without a doubt. If any rugby person disputes that, they're literally retarded. Um, <clears throat> and so their best internal team is the Crusaders and has been for a long time. And I went and spent six weeks with them. And at the time they had, you know, of probably the, five best rugby players in the world three of them were in that one team and learning how to coach rugby and all that kind of stuff and what i learned actually was people that people's everything um quality human beings make the world work um yeah you can get your tactics right yeah you can be well conditioned but if you have the right people you'll do anything um and so that's probably my biggest learning in business is find the right people man get people get people around you 
There's a book called The Legacy, uh, written about the All Black Rugby team. It's their 15 principles that they follow that you can apply in business or life. Um, and it is the United States Naval Academy. Actually, this is a prescribed leadership book. There, oh. That's how good it is. And I, I recommend every single human being that just wants to be a good human, read this book. If you like sports, you'll like it even more. Super simple to read, 15 principles, things like sweep the shades. Guess some of the best rugby players in the world, best athletes in the world, they have this principle where they clean up the locker room after themselves. Why? Because this is our home. Why should someone else come and clean up my home? This is my home. Follow, no decades. Don't be a dickhead. Be a good human. Um, follow the spirit. Keep a blue head. Leaders create leaders. Think principles like this that are just awesome. Awesome, 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 awesome. And um, so that's what rugby has given me. And I now have the privilege of being in a business. And I feel like rugby's given me more than anything else has to, to do that. So my, uh, my ex-brother-in-law played rugby in Colorado. And so I would go watch. And first time I've really been involved in, or been around rugby. Oh my gosh. One, it was fun to watch probably the toughest human beings I've ever met. This one guy broke his arm and just kept playing. He's like, well, the game's not over. I was like, you broke his arm, man. Like, <laughs> what didn't you understand, buddy? I, would be, I, I was like, I'd be crying. Like, take me to the hospital. He's out there just scrubbing it up. It's a, it's a pretty tough sport. Pretty, pretty, pretty gnarly. I'd say I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't discredit football though. American football. Um, I cringe watching American football. What I don't like about American football um, is the unpredictability of contact point. Right. So you can get hit from anywhere and the force is significantly higher in American right. football. Significantly higher because they just, you can run from an endricklous length and hit someone. And so that is like, that's a different level of stuff. Like that's something else. What I do like about rugby though is that why well, you know, there's no pads and stuff and people say, oh, you're going to be tougher with no pads. The sport's very different. It's, it's a lot more controlled contact point. There's a lot more contact points. It's a free-flowing sport, but they're a lot more controlled. They're kind of in front of you. They're a lot more predictable. Um, and I just think more Americans would love rugby. Yeah. If, if you love football, if you love football, you would absolutely love rugby. And rugby is never going to compete with football in this country. Never. It's just, it's, ne it's never going to happen. Nothing's going to compete with football. There's just too much money. It's not going to happen. If you enjoy football and you're watching this and here's my little rugby sport, take some time and go and learn a bit of rugby. You will absolutely love it. It's, a, it's such an awesome sport. You would love watching it in the same way you love watching football. Not because it's better or worse. No one gives a shit about that. It's just a great sport and you'd love it. Ah, perfect. All right, Adam. Uh, one final comment question for me. And, uh, you know, it's just, there's so many online businesses out there. You've already talked about how you've got to quiet the noise. You've got to know who you're listening to. Um, and so what's just that final piece of like, how do you, how does one know if they're the right person to listen to uh, for whatever specific topic? Questions. So the, the one thing is, are you willing to share absolutely everything with them? You got to make that decision. And how do you find that out? You got to ask them some questions. Get to know them. Ask them questions. What have they done? What haven't they done? Who they are? How they think? How they feel? What do they think? Questions. Just ask someone a ton of questions. You'll get to know enough about them to know whether you want to keep going on that relationship. Love it. Love it. Well, I know there's people out there that need your services because I know 
your services and your niche. There's a lot of people listening to the show that fit that. How can they find you? Um, Facebook's the easiest, man. Just Adam Randall on Facebook, cleverprofits.com. Pretty simple stuff. Um, my name's Adam. So Adam at cleverprofits.com, not rocket science. That's my email address. Welcome to use it. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. I've got some YouTube channel, Clever Profits. Go check out some videos there. Um, yeah, we'd love to chat to anyone. You probably won't chat to me necessarily all the time. There's some other people you may chat to on my business, in our business, but uh, we'd love to get to know you. We'd love to see if we can help you. Um, you know, our vision is to help business owners be better business owners. So if we can do that, hey, we'll help you, of course. Love it. Perfect. All right, Adam, thanks so much for being here and we'll talk soon. Thanks, Corey. Thanks, Ron. Appreciate it. All right, Ron. Another episode in the books with another amazing guest. So I assume you might have one, maybe two takeaways for us today. I, I got, I got some, I got some. Uh, one, about two. So you better yeah, write it down. Come on. Well, I, I think this is, I, I shared a couple earlier. So I'm going to pick a couple different ones. One, measure your finances and know your KPIs and do that all the time, right? Make sure you have this knowledge because you can't make good business decisions without knowing that you don't know you have to measure you have to have a measuring stick of where you're going right so have that um we talked about surrounding yourself with the right people we've talked about that a lot i'm going to use this one uh because i think this is important uh and it's a good takeaway don't be a dickhead i love you yeah. i just wanted to say it i just wanted to say it. <laughs> yes all right and then and then for me uh you know keep it simple this is where i got i took from it keep it simple and find a way to get people to pay you. Like all the, nothing else right. matters. Just freaking keep it simple. Right. And find a way to get people to pay you. And then everything else can fall into place as it is needed yep. and uh, as it's supposed to be. So, all right, everyone. Thank you so much for watching. Thank you so much for listening. No dickheads. We'll stop. <laughs> no dickheads allowed. No dickheads. Corey, invoice is coming. Pay me. Uh, all right. Bye. Bye. See you later. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you had as much fun as I did. And you know what? If you're not already a member of our Facebook group, what are you waiting for? Head on over facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash profits with. Guys, we are super excited to have you be a part of our community and help you get more visible, get more traffic and get more sales. That's right, Ron. And every time someone is in our group, we get to share all the tips, the tricks, and everything that you can get profits with from your summits, your challenges, your workshops, your podcasts, your vodcasts, and so much more. Guys, thanks for being the best part of the Hindsight Hackers community. <laughs>